It's one o'clock. I'm Sean Kennedy. The headlines. The Security Secretary says the government is still studying the implications of a recent case in which a taxi driver died while being arrested. A I'm sorry, a subcontractor at the centre of the MTR's Hung Hom station scandal has told an inquiry he didn't check the identity of workers who allegedly cut short steel bars at the station. And the Democratic Party urges the government to revamp its recycling system and facilities to win public support for its waste charging scheme. The Secretary for Security, John Lee, says the government will study how police should act to avoid legal consequences while enforcing the law. He says the death of a taxi driver who struggled while being arrested was unfortunate. The coroner's court recently ruled the taxi driver's death unlawful after his neck was dislocated in the struggle. At a LegCo meeting, pro-government lawmaker Priscilla Leung said it could hurt police morale if officers faced serious charges for applying what they learnt at police college. Through an interpreter, Mr Lee said the force would study the court's recommendations. There is a heavy legal responsibility in enforcing the law. How can the police enforce the law without causing serious consequences? That's something they need to consider. And suggestions are now being considered so that in enforcing the law, police officers can achieve the objective without worrying what they have done will lead to legal consequences so that they can serve the public in a reasonable manner. The police commissioner, Lo Wai Chung, has described his officers as fearless and completely dedicated to maintaining public order and safety in Hong Kong. While attending a Remembrance Day ceremony to commemorate police who lost their lives in the line of duty, Mr Lo said he believed Hong, he believed Hong Kong's police force would continue to be one of the best in the world. A key subcontractor at the centre of the MTR's Hung Hom station scandal has told an inquiry he didn't check the identity of workers who allegedly cut short steel bars at the station in 2015. Damon Pang reports. China Technologies Managing Director Jason Poon has been questioned by lawyers representing Fang Shen Construction, the subcontractor responsible for steel-fixing works at the station. The council asked how did Mr Poon know it was staff working for the main contractor, Leighton Asia, who cut the bars in September 2015, allegedly to hide the fact they weren't properly attached. Mr Poon said he recognised Leighton's logo on the workers' uniforms, but he later found out the uniforms were sometimes lent to function staff. He also admitted not asking the identity of the workers concerned and reasons for the steel bar cutting at the time because he didn't want to intervene if it was Leighton's business. But Mr Poon told the inquiry that he is sure that workers from Fangsheng are not to blame for the bar cutting because he thinks some other parties have provided free labour to the subcontractor to help it save labour costs. Democratic Party lawmaker Ted Hoy has called on the government to revamp its recycling system and facilities to gain public support for its waste charging scheme. He said some people who were against the scheme told him they didn't want to pay to get rid of rubbish that could have been recycled if proper collection facilities were in place. I believe there must be promises made by the government that recycling facilities in community will be enhanced, that will be largely improved, and especially in terms of food waste and plastic waste. And we need to see our ultimate solutions, you know, not just temporary. And if that promise is made, I think we will be more comfortable, you know, supporting the bill. An expert in food waste management says Hong Kong's first plan to recycle food waste into energy can help reduce the city's greenhouse gas emissions by 25,000 tonnes a year. 
The plant in North Lantau is only four months old and deals with 100 tonnes of food waste a day from commercial outlets. Professor Jonathan Wong from Baptist University says Hong Kong produces around 3,600 tonnes of food waste a day, the majority from households. He said the planned household waste charging scheme may encourage people to recycle food waste. The government now have around 100 restaurant and catering facility joining the program, but I think we need more. So I think slowly application will go into those structures, and I hope more people will participate, especially once we have the charging team. I think they will be more eager to do it because of the economic incentive. Neo Democrats member Roy Tam, who's also the founder of GreenSense, says the airport authority should drop a plan to build a 360-metre bridge linking the Hong kong Zhuhai macau Bridge to the airport. The AA announced in August that the $3 billion link, which it will fund on its own, would serve as a shortcut for mega-bridge users coming to Hong Kong. The authority will provide a shuttle bus service for those passengers, with each trip taking only about a minute and a half. But Mr Tam said the proposed project isn't cost-effective because using the existing road link to the airport takes less than three minutes, so the bridge will only save passengers a little over a minute. The reason why I oppose it is because uh, it is very costly and the efficiency is very low. And most of the Hong, the majority of Hong Kong people will not benefit from, from such kind of construction. And we also suggest the alternative that uh, even using the current uh, road system, uh, the tourists from Macau and China can also uh, approach to the airport very conveniently. The United States has announced charges against two companies in mainland China and Taiwan, as well as three individuals, accusing them of conspiring to steal trade secrets worth billions of dollars from an American semiconductor firm. The Attorney General Jeff Sessions repeatedly complained of economic espionage by China. He said China had to change its behaviour. Enough is enough. We're not going to take it anymore. It's unacceptable. It's time for China to join the community of lawful nations. International trade has been good for China, but cheating must stop. In a major shift of policy, Japan has approved a bill to allow manual workers from abroad to stay in the country permanently. Japan has traditionally been hostile to immigration, but its rapidly ageing population is causing growing labour shortages. The BBC's Rupert Wingfield Hayes reports from Tokyo. Prime Minister Shinzo Abe says Japan is not opening its doors to large-scale immigration. But this draft bill is an admission of what has long been obvious. Japan just doesn't have enough people to do all the jobs that need to be done, particularly in farming, construction and old-age care. Under the new legislation, foreign workers with some skills and basic Japanese would be allowed to stay for an initial five years. Highly skilled foreign workers would be allowed to bring their families with them and stay indefinitely. There is likely to be resistance to this change from right-wing nationalist parties. Two former Goldman Sachs bankers and a fugitive Malaysian financier have been charged in the United States over a multi-billion dollar corruption scandal that helped bring down Malaysia's former government. They include the bank's Southeast Asia chairman, Tim Leisner, who's pleaded guilty to conspiring to launder money embezzled from the state investment fund, fund 1MDB. Here's the BBC's Jonathan Head. It was the US Justice Department's allegations of massive financial irregularities two years ago which kept public attention on the 1MDB scandal at a time when the Malaysian government had shut down its own investigations. 
Now the Department of Justice has issued indictments against the flamboyant young Malaysian financier known as Jolo, famed for his extravagant parties, and against two former Goldman Sachs bankers who helped him to borrow billions of dollars for 1MDB. Jolo has been charged in Malaysia too, but his whereabouts are unknown to the authorities there. President Trump says he's planning to deny asylum to people who enter the United States outside legal ports of entry. In a speech at the White House just days before crucial midterm elections, he said the action was needed to protect the nation's borders. Those who choose to break our laws and enter illegally will no longer be able to use meritless claims to gain automatic admission into our country. We will hold them for a long time if necessary. We are putting up temporary facilities Eventually, people won't be coming here anymore when they realize they can't get through. Mr. Trump will use an executive order to make the change, but his plan may be challenged in the courts. A human rights tribunal in Canada has ruled that seven employees were forced out of their jobs at a health resort because they were white. The tribunal said the Chinese owner had repeatedly said he wanted to replace white staff with ethnic Chinese workers because he believed they were cheaper. Here's the BBC's Roger Walker. Kinwa Chan bought the Spruce Hill Resort and Spa in the western province of British Columbia in 2015. The following summer, the seven employees were either sacked or resigned because of what they described as a hostile work environment. They were replaced with ethnic Chinese workers. In her ruling, the head of the Human Rights Tribunal said the owner's behaviour qualified as discrimination based on race and was therefore in breach of British Columbia's Human Rights Code. The Houthi rebel movement in Yemen says if Saudi atrocities there had been given as much attention as the killing of the journalist Jamal Hasoji, Yemen would be in a very different situation. In a rare interview with the BBC, a senior Houthi leader, Mohammed al-Houthi, said the Saudis had revealed their brutality to the world by murdering Mr Hasoji at their consulate in Istanbul. They just unveiled the face that was already obvious to the Yemeni people. The Yemeni people suffer executions and cover-ups. If there was as much coverage for the Yemeni people as there was for Jamal Khashoggi, and if there was coverage of the crimes committed here by the Saudis and the Americans, then Yemen would be in a different situation today. Scientists have embarked on a 10-year effort to decode the genetic information of one and a half million species, including all of the world's animals, plants and fungi. The Earth Biogenome Project will draw on research carried on in multiple countries. The findings of the $5 billion US dollar program will be used in efforts to protect endangered species. Professor Jenny Graves in- explains the biological secrets they may reveal. From fungus gnats and, and pond scum, we've learned how chromosomes are built, what makes them stable, what keeps them together. And we've learned that genes can be there but not expressed. We don't even know some of them are there and they may have um, completely blinding insights that we just don't know anything about. The mainland's second biggest online retailer, JD.com, says sales hit a record 25.8 billion yuan on its first day of promotion in the run-up to the Singles Day shopping frenzy that takes place every year on the 11th of November. It says the top three bestsellers were smartphones, jumpers and shampoos. Currencies, the US dollar is trading at 112.68 yen. The euro is one US dollar and 14 cents. The pound is 10 Hong Kong dollars and 18 cents. Local and mainland markets have rallied after a phone call between the Chinese and US presidents raised hopes of a thaw in trade tensions. 
A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 26,141, 682 points up on the previous close. And now with sports, here's Adam Chung. We start with boxing. Rex Tso is set to make his return to the ring in an exhibition fight later this month. Hong Kong's undefeated fighter has been away from the sport for a year while he recovered from the swelling around his eye. He hasn't fought since that 12-round victory over Japan's Kohei Kono in October last year. The 31-year-old holds a record of 22 wins and zero defeats. He will box three rounds of three minutes in an exhibition against Taiwan amateur Chang Yi Hong at Southern Stadium on November the 30th. Next to tennis, Roger Federer has played and won his first match in Paris in three years. The 37-year-old who's chasing a 100th title this week beat Fabio Fonini to reach the quarterfinals of the Paris Masters. More from the BBC's Russell Fuller. Federer was afforded a rock star welcome. Parisians have had to show patience with the Swiss also absent from the French Open in recent years. This 6-4, 6-3 win over Italy's 13th seed takes Federer into the quarterfinals and just one match away from a possible meeting with Novak Djokovic. The Serb benefited from the second set retirement of Damir Jumur to record a 20th consecutive win. He'll be world number one again on Monday, an achievement he admits is quite phenomenal and highly improbable as he was outside the top 20 midway through the year. Simone Biles has become the first female gymnast to win four all-around world titles following victory in Doha. Biles hadn't competed internationally since the 2016 Olympics where she won four gold medals. Despite errors on the vault, beam and floor, Biles was able to claim gold ahead of Japan's Mai Murakami and her American teammate Morgan Hurd. Biles was asked what this latest success means to her. This is definitely the scariest one um, from the ones from the past, and I wish I could could have put out a better performance because that's not the gymnast that I am, what you guys saw. But, you know, we all have mistakes and we all fall, and it's just how you get up and prove yourself. To football now, defending champions Manchester City are through to the quarterfinals of the English League Cup. A goal in each half from the Spanish teenager Brahim Diaz gave City a 2-0 win over Fulham. City will face either Leicester or Southampton in the next round. Next to basketball, the Boston Celtics shattered their club record in three-pointers made and handed the Milwaukee Bucks their first loss of the season. Boston connected on 24 of 55 shots from long range, one shy of the NBA single-game record held by Cleveland. Six of those triples came from Kyrie Irving, who scored 28 points as the Celtics knocked off the last unbeaten team in the NBA by a score of 117 to 113 and that's your look at sports and to end the news the top stories once again the security secretary says the government is still studying the implications of a recent case in which a taxi driver died while being arrested and a subcontractor at the center of the mtr's hung Hom station scandal has told an inquiry he didn't check the identity of workers who allegedly cut short steel bars at the station the news from rthk
Told the soul just how. 